Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to MMA Uncaged. This weekend promises to deliver some spectacular MMA action. We've got EFC 58 in Cape Town and of course UFC 210 in Buffalo, New York. Joining me as always, Justin Ferrier, who's been on his travels. I mean, Justin, we missed the podcast uh, recently. Uh, it was no fault really of anyone's, but at the end of the day, you got to experience UFC London. Tell us a bit more. How was it? Yeah, it was amazing. I flew in on the Friday, uh, went to the weigh-in, had a little chat with a few guys, uh, got to see Misha Tate, Mickey Gall. I met Dan Hardy uh, last UFC I went to, and then got to with a few of my friends and a good mate, Jason Bezanot, who's a well-known name in the mixed martial arts world here in South Africa. He lives in the UK now. We went together, watched UFC London. It was yeah, it was amazing. Great arena, great vibe. So yeah, that's a it's it's a good enough excuse to miss a podcast. But sorry, guys, <laughs> I plan next year to go to a Vegas one. So uh, it's just a little bit more saving and a little bit more planning because you can't it's not just up the drag like Europe. You no. can't just disappear for a weekend. So I want to. That's uh, that's kind of my mecca. I need to go to Vegas. I need to go to a title fight. I've got a few things on my bucket list. Most of them are fighting oriented, but. Uh, it's it, it's going to happen next year for me. I, I've got to go to a UFC number and preferably a title fight. Well, I might just uh, be tempted to tag along. The two gingers could hit Vegas. That could be disastrous in a way too, couldn't it? I think, I think could think of nothing better. <laughs> and let's start, Justin Ferrier, the MMA authority with UFC, where it is all about the light heavyweight championship. Daniel Cormier, DC, the champion, takes on Anthony Rumble Johnson for the second time this weekend. And... It's a massive fight, especially for Daniel Cormier, because a lot of people feel at the age of 38 that if he loses this one, it will be a massive, massive loss for him. And it could be a career-ending loss, too. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be a career-ending loss. I think the UFC's got a, sta- a standpoint of milking what they can out of big names uh, and Olympiads. So even though... Let's say, for, let's say for granted that uh, that Anthony wins and Daniel Cormier will still be a big seller for time to come. He's still at the top of the pile, regardless. I don't think I don't think he'll win. I think Anthony Johnson will win this weekend. Um, I think for me the magic number is thirty-seven. He's thirty-eight. Uh, that, that's that's on in years, and he they don't train uh, the smartest way in their gym. They've got uh, the gym with the highest number of injuries. He's been injured many times himself. All his training partners have been injured. They've pulled out of fights, etc. Uh, I think if he didn't fight, even he could be fighting with a niggle now, but I think that uh, he wouldn't have a job if he didn't fight. So I think, although he is looking better than he ever has, I worry that that's not a bit of panic. Yeah, I mean... And overtraining. I think so. I think... You make a very good point. I mean, the injury record um, or the occurrence of injuries is phenomenal. It, it really is. And we've spoken about this before on the podcast, that it's maybe not the way to be training when you're getting on in years, especially, as you say, 38 years old versus 34, whatever it is. That's quite a significant difference when it comes to the fight game. Huge amount of difference and huge amount of mileage. You know, I know he's only had 19 fights, but I, I reckon the best... 
the best part of his career has been spent and wasted in the gym. And before that, you never know how many hundreds or thousands of wrestling matches he's partaken in, hundreds of weight cuts for those. Uh, they competed at the highest level. You don't know what, what toll that body's on. You know, It could be a brand new outside, but the engine could be on a, being clocked a couple times. Definitely. Tell me now, in terms of, if I look at the percentage in terms of KO and TKO, 44% for Cormier, 73% for Johnson. Johnson also has a four-inch reach, reach advantage. Surely Johnson's going to be looking to knock him out on the night. Is that something he could be thinking about or, or he would love to do it and finish it in style? Yeah, I would think the, the, the clever player is to stay on the outside Oh, there's two trains of thought. The clever players to stay on the outside use your reach advantage because we know Daniel's shorter um, and is and is more geared for close quarter fighting. Um, but another way would be to think that Anthony should rush him. And, you know, no matter how good you are as a wrestler, wrestlers battle off their back. They like to be on top. So it's a, I think it's a mental thing. I think Anthony has had enough time to recalculate and he's fought him before. He knows what he, he knows. He got over, overwhelmed the first time, and I think that he's going to come out firing this one. All right, co-main event also at uh, UFC 210. Chris Weidman, the All-American, takes on Gegard Mousasi um, out of Iran. I mean, you look at Mousasi's record. I mean, she's 41. It's 47. It's 51 fights in MMA. Weidman with just 15. How do you see this one going down? You know. I'm biased against uh, Weidman. I mean, he beat Anderson Silva, who I still think is the greatest fighter to ever grace the world. But that aside, uh, you know, I like Weidman. Apart from, apart from the fact that he was a legend killer, I like him. I like the way he fights. I like his intensity. Uh, I like his work ethic. I like the fact that he sacrificed a lot to go forward. I like all of the things about him. Uh, and he's quite an interesting guy. Uh, Ariel Helwani did an interview with him, and he's actually he's not a bad actor. He's just honest. And uh, the other day, two days ago, or yesterday, it was I was watching uh, like, a U, like a UFC live Q and A where they they take over the website and for twenty minutes you get to ask Weidman anything and I just it was in a hotel room or it was somewhere and I just didn't like what I saw in him. He looked pale. He looked gaunt. Um, I just you know I mean he, he, I just I just didn't like something about him. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's I, I, I don't know I, I don't know if it's overtraining or I don't, I don't know what it I, don't, I just didn't like it. He was very pale, like like no no tan whatsoever. And he, whereas he looked good. And I sh and and people are gonna go. Oh, you sound ridiculous. You're talking about a tan. It just I don't, I've never had a just, tan, eh? No, <laughs> neither, <laughs> neither neither have I. But he just he, he didn't look. The word is healthy. He didn't yeah. look. Compared to what he was, mm -hmm. he doesn't look healthy. I think maybe he has overdone the weight cut. He he said he woke up at 198, so he still had a way to go to get to 185 pounds. I mean, that's 84 kilos, translated into the, uh, our local metric terms. But um, I just didn't like the way I looked at him. And also, he's had a couple of fights, kids. Uh, and Mosasi is, is, is a rising star. I, I really rate him. I must tell you, he's... He's somebody that is uh, a tough guy. Yeah. And and the losses he's had have not uh, they've been big, but I mean they were those are achievable to on on in terms of rematches. Well, Sasi's very good. 
yeah, middleweight for for Weidman. You think that's that's the division he operates in best? Uh, I heard him speak about going up to two hundred five. I think he's a big guy, and, you know. And it's strange enough, the whole conversation was about food. Obviously, he's in the middle of a weight cut, and Oaks people are asking questions, so it's not exactly like he's guiding the conversation. Yeah, yeah. But he, uh, the sparkle in his eye didn't come from speaking about fighting. The sparkle in his eye came from speaking about food and <laughs> and he was they asked him blunt questions like listen i eat anything carb based i love it i'd love to go and have chicken rolls or or or, or pasta or pasta and meatballs or whatever the case is so he was he obviously likes to eat and he obviously is a heavier set guy so the 185 cut obviously can't be easy yeah uh, let's get a prediction then uh, as we wrap up uh, a ufc 210 uh, preview I'll say Musashi. All right. So, Musashi, Musashi Johnson. All right. Musashi and Johnson. So that uh, I know that they're both actually underdogs going into this one. Uh, Buffalo, New York. Early hours Sunday morning. I think half past three in the morning the coverage starts. So you can look forward to that. Now let's turn our attention. EFC 58. Mazzani up against Madge. And of course you've got uh, Syed going up against Madiba which um, will be very, very interesting. Let's start with Mazani Madge. Justin, um, he's, I've been watching him on, on the EFC website. Um, the Bet Exchange have him as the favorite against Madge. Do you see it playing out that way this Saturday night? Man, that's a hard fight to call. Um, I've got a sneaky feeling Madge will win, but saying that I'd have a separate bet, that's not part of my main bet. Uh, that, that is a tough fight. You've got... A wealth of experience uh, and somebody able to absorb pressure in Dave Mazzani. And you've got this flary upstart. And he's not a newbie, but he is young and hungry in Madge. And Madge, uh, since he's gone to FFM, has really put a shine on his talent. Uh, and they fight with game plan. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Don is able to keep it striking. You always want the belt to stay in South Africa. You want your, your local guys to win if possible. I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to sit on the fence here, man. But if I, I won't give a prediction, but I do think that Madge would win. Yeah, 25 years old. A, a little bit older. Yeah. And it's always hard to stay hungry. Yeah, is it maybe fair to say that 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 Mazzani has regained that that hunger, you know, through coming back, getting the belt, you know, um, he's he's got into the ring, fought Leon Maynard um, when when Madge pulled out injured when they were meant to fight last year. Um, he does look like he's got he's got something about him in, in terms of the energy, though. I mean, you see how he interacts with fans, the the, the sort of that that uh, EFC engaged uh, episode that he was on. You know, he looks very relaxed. And as you say, maybe that's an experience thing. But I don't know, maybe, you know, this is his sort of way of, of coming towards the, I don't know, dare I say, the end of his career. And he wants to end off in style. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's where his head's at at the moment. He's not a young guy anymore. Yeah, you never know. He's a great guy. I spent got some time. I got to spend some time with him after the last event. Uh, we we met up for breakfast and we 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 chatted. Uh, him him and his we we had a joke because his cornerman couldn't come out, so his sister cornered, and we joked that he was that she was one and zero as a as a coach. Um, he's a great he's a great guy. It's just you've got when you are the champion, people do everything. Now even if, okay, people in fight camps will train for an opponent. But when you're the champion and you're a normal contender and you don't have 
a, a fight slated. You still dedicated. You go to training, and what you do in your head, you're going. I want to beat Dave Vizzoni, who's the champion. Yeah. So everything you do is geared towards beating him. Now there's much. There's so much footage available, and at the end of the day, Mazzoni's striking's okay. His wrestling is what sets him apart. Yeah. And his fitness. He's, he's very very fit, and he's got a good intensity. Um, but if you study his tapes, you can see the flaws. So you've got a whole division watching your fight, with, and you've got all access with, with, with beautiful footage, accurate yeah. footage, yeah. and you can now study that opponent. That's why it's so hard to stay champion because everybody's focus is on you, and you've got to stay focused on yourself and not focus on anybody else. So you've got to evolve as a fighter, and are you able to do that all the time? And you've got somebody in Don Madge who's gone... He's, we've always known him as an exceptional striker. Yeah. He yeah. then came out and became an exceptional grappler. He then came out and he's now spends all his... You can see on all social media platforms, he spends all his time with JP Bates, who's a great wrestler. Yeah. He's with a great co coach in Richie Kwan, who's putting it all together, tying it all up. Um, his fitness is on point, and he's focused. He's, he's, he's grown, he's matured which I think is a big thing because it's before you just light the fuse and, let, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. Could explode left could explode right. Whereas now he's a little bit more controlled. He's now got a Ferrari engine and Ferrari brakes. He's always had the Ferrari engine. Yeah. He just sometimes didn't know when to stop, didn't know how to put it all together. And now I think he has. So that, that's a difficult part. I, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, people are going, oh, but he got guillotined so quickly by Leon. And I was like, listen, guys, there are anomalies in any life, exactly. in any lifetime. You know, it happens. But I, I'd i like to see Don Madgen. I do like Dave Mazzani, but I, I, you, obviously you go back to being a patriot. Do you want South Africa to have the belt? I can I can hear how divided you are. And I just want to say, at 33, Dave Mazzani's career is far from over, I'm sure. But it does get, uh, the mileage starts clocking up a bit faster when you're in uh, the other side of 30, doesn't it? But, um. Let's look at the next um, fight everyone's talking about. And, and, and I know you've got a different take on this. Ishad Sayed takes up uh, Timasang Madiba, the bantamweight uh, fight that happens, the white tiger against the president. And I think it's fair to say that Madiba has come on in leaps and bounds since he made his debut at EFC some time ago. He has. He's come down a weight division for this fight. Um, and our, everyone was concerned, oh, the big weight cuts, the big weight cuts. But it looks to me, from what I've seen, that he's done it correctly. There was a media day last week, and he did not look drawn at all. He looked good. He looked strong. Now, there's no question, if you had to match, if it was a striking match, a striking-only match, yeah. Madiba has little to no chance, because Ershad Said is a world-class striker. But it is not only striking. Yeah. It, it's the fight starts standing, but with Madiba being strong enough, he might be able to put a shot on his back. I reckon whoever fires first is going to win that fight. I think I think if Madiba gets on top, it's Madiba's fight. Um, if if Syed is able to to stay away and get a range going and pick his shots, it's a different story. Syed should have the better cardio, but it is only a three round fight. So it's yeah. not a title fight. So. Maybe Madiba, I would like to think Madiba's got at least three three good rounds in him. It's not a title fight. If it was five, you'd question the cardio with a new cut. Sure. But it seems to be okay for now. The only other concern is that Urshot travels. I was going to ask you lot. that. I was going to ask you that because Mazzani, all the way from Vegas, 
uh, say it all the way from the other side of the earth, New Zealand, isn't it? That's the f- I've flown to New Zealand, and it was absolute torture. It is so far, you want to jump out the plane, it's so far. <laughs> um, so I know that he, he breaks it up, he goes to Singapore, he goes to uh, Thailand, he goes to Australia, I know, and he comes and spends some time in Cape Town. I know that he does all that, and it's it's amazing that he's able to to not be pinned down and travel around. I'm just concerned that a head coach, um, and, I, and I listened to an interview the other day, that he doesn't kind of have a head coach. He trains at PFA when he's here. He trains at another team when he's in Singapore and another team uh, in in New Zealand. And you think to yourself, well, do you have a head coach traveling around with you? And he doesn't. Yeah. So you, you you're kind of managing yourself, and it's that's hard and that's why a lot of people don't like fight managers and fight managers have got no place in certain aspects of the game but what they do have is they must take away the pressure and allow fighters to be fighters now if he's doing everything i don't know his management team is and i don't know his coaching teams but you it's hard enough to train to fight a fighter's he's meant to train he's meant to make weight and he's meant to sell the fight Everything else has got to kind of be left to other people. Game plans, it's hard to implement yourself to do all these jobs. You know, as your as your diary fills up, it becomes harder and harder to do for to complete your day. Yeah. So that is that is a concern for me. Um, but Syed, is, there's no reason why you shouldn't win. I just have a sneaky feeling my deeper will win. All right. Well, that will be interesting to see. Let's, um, I mean, there's quite a few interesting fights, uh, a lot of newish faces uh, on, on the card down in Cape Town. And, uh, but it's great to see a guy like Dino Baggettin back in the mix and goes up against uh, a tough-as-nails character in Sean DeLanger. Tell me more about this fight. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Everyone come, uh, says that it comes down to age. Baggettin's a little bit older, da, 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 a little bit long in the tooth. I don't, and I, I, I don't think this is the case here. I think you're going to get Sean DeLonger going to pull the best out of Dino. I think the evolution of a fighter is irrelevant because I don't think that DeLonger is going to be able to test him on the ground. And that's where recently Dino has been under, under pressure. He's, he's, he's lacked, he's always, he's always been really good at stand up and range, but he's battled on the ground. He spent a lot of time on the ground, but I think this time the little that he knows is enough. I think this is going to be a barn burner. I think this is going to be a stand up war. And I think, uh, Dino will be more accurate. You know, I don't, I've obviously never sparred Dino, but I've, I've had fighters and cornered against him. He doesn't hit overly hard. Not to say that he hits soft by any means, but he doesn't hit overly hard. He hits a lot. Yeah. A lot high frequency. It's very accurately pinpoint. So if he wants, to, yes, if he wants to hit a ten cent coin on your chin, he will hit it. Yeah. If he wants to hit you on the nose, he's going to hit you on the nose. And good head movement, etc. And as the fights go on, as the rounds go on, he gets stronger. Yeah. You know, we must also people don't mention this enough, and it was a big thing. Uh, we first competed at UFC four, and we competed in Durban mostly in coastal towns, and altitude was never an issue. You go to Johannesburg, and it was like you got half the lung size. Yeah, yeah, here you've got you've been training at altitude and you're fighting it at sea level, and this is and leading into the heavyweight fight we must talk about. Yeah, um, that gives you a little bit more air sure. to breathe. And although DeLong is a hometown favourite, uh, I reckon Dino is going to be fresher, and I think that uh, I think Dino is going to win that fight. 
It'll be very interesting to see. Let's uh, wrap up with our uh, heavyweight fights. Um, we've got Etherington against uh, Ruan Potts, who had a foray into the UFC. He's an experienced campaigner, been the champion before. Uh, Fangs, can he take uh, can he take down Etherington in Cape Town? Yeah, more than likely. Um, uh, he more than likely can take him down. Ruan's very good on the ground. Um, I don't like that he does. Uh, He's got a funny head kick that he throws at his alone. He never sets it up. He uh, Potts could have could have been a lot more um, with a lot more structure in his in his combinations. Um, this is this is a tough fight, but both can win. You know, you've got Etherington. I watched a couple. I watched some footage of him. Um, he's very big. He's got, probably got the wrong build for MMA. He's a little bit too muscular, so he's definitely not built for rounds. So if Potts can take it later. Um, into the rounds, I think he's got more of a chance. Um, and but I think that if Etherington gets on top early, I think Potts is in trouble. But going going back to the altitude thing, I'm yeah. glad that this heavyweight fight is, and most heavyweight fights should be at, at, at the coast, sea level, um, because you're not getting the best out of them when they're fighting and they're sucking air. Yeah, you want uh, even though we know that fitness should be a foregone conclusion and it's your first opponent, we know all of that. But the, the truth is, if you want a barn burner from a heavyweight, he's a bigger guy, 120 kilos. He's got a lot of blood to fill a lot of holes. Yeah. So you want the best performance. I think you'll get the best fights out of heavyweights and the bigger guys at uh, at at uh, at sea level. I mean, it's you know Johannesburg. In can you imagine a card in the middle of the July? Yeah. Uh, in the middle of July in, in Johannesburg. Dry so air, it's burning. Dry air, your lungs are burning, <laughs> and now you've traveled on a plane from the UK, you know what I mean, which is at sea level, and you've never fought here before. I'm yeah. glad it's not happening there. I'm okay. glad it's happening in Cape Town. So I'm just one of the Cape Town fans. And Potts is obviously an original Capetonian. Yeah, I know Graham Cartmel, the EFC matchmaker, listens to the podcast, so maybe he'll take take your advice, and uh, we'll see more heavyweights. Uh, wisdom. <laughs> Justin Ferrier, thanks for your time. Remember to catch MMA Uncaged on iTunes as well as csduplicy.co.za and on the New Look website on cliffcentral.com. You can catch the podcast there and any episodes you might have missed in the past. Let's quickly have that prediction for EFC. Justin? I am going to go lightly on this, but I'm going to tweet a good one. Um, I reckon Etherington to win. Uh, Hassan if he does not win, needs to think about taking up jiu-jitsu full-time, uh, beg a team to win. I don't know the odds on that. Yeah. I'll have a look, but we'll tweet a longer bet uh, and something into the UFC. Excellent. And maybe I'll have a friend, I'll have a chat to a friend of mine in the rugby game and see what he says about adding on a rugby bet too. Yes, so maybe we can make some money for April. All right. That, that Twitter handle of yours, Justin, Justin B. Ferrier. So you can get so all those odds. And I know um, that uh, Bet Exchange also, uh, the sponsors of the event, will have some good odds for you too to check out. So thanks very much for your time. Thanks for listening to MMA Uncaged. Can't wait for the weekend where we'll see some top MMA action.